morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Great to see you all. If you want to just find your way to a seat, that would be fantastic. Welcome to those who are joining us online as well today. So glad that you're with us. And I hope that you can stay all the way through to the end. So it's uh, good to be in God's house today. We're going to stand in a little second. We're going to pray and we're going to just ask God to come and presence himself in his congregation, his gathering today. So let's just stand and let's just acknowledge the King of Kings in our service today. Father, we just thank you that you are here. Father, we pray, though, that you would just manifest your presence, demonstrate your presence in this place today. Father, we are coming to worship you because we, we just love you. We value who you are. We, we just appreciate all that you've done, are doing, and will do in our lives. Father, we know that we can trust you. Father, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, we just thank you that you are here. Father, we're here to meet with you this morning. But Lord, we pray that you would come and that you would meet with us as we praise, as we begin to sing. And Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and move in our hearts, stir our hearts to praise you this morning. Father, stir our hearts as we pray. Stir our hearts as we open up your word. Father, stir our hearts as we fellowship. Father, we pray that you would speak into this gathering today. And Father, we just welcome you into this space today. Father, we know that you're here and we just love you and we want to worship you this morning with everything that's within us. So Father, just be, we, we just ask that you would accept our praise this morning, accept our worship, accept our offerings today. Father, whatever we bring to you today, Father, whether it's financially, whether it's ourselves, Father, we ask that you just accept us and Father, that you would welcome us into your presence today. Father, we just we just want to be in your presence. And so, Father, help us to realize that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And, Father, help us to see things from your perspective today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship today.
Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us.
interpretation of that message in tongues is that the King of Kings is looking for an open heart. He's looking for all of your praise this morning. He's looking for you to open up and give him everything this morning, to open up your heart, to open up your voice, to open up everything and give him everything that he deserves today. So I just encourage you to just open up. That's the, that's the key phrase, just open up and give everything to God as we worship, as we sing praise to God this morning. Just open up everything, open up every area of your heart today. Maybe some people through circumstances, even maybe this week or, or, or recently, you've begun to close your heart off to God. You've begun to close your heart off to the things that He can do in your life, the things that you're even looking for, but you've maybe begun to just close yourself down and draw back from God. He's saying, open up to me afresh and draw close to me. And as we draw close to him, as we seek him, we will find him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
worthy of all of our praise, all that we can bring you. Father, every part of us, everything, everything, you're worthy of everything. Father, we thank you that we serve a Lord who is prepared to give everything for us. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Father, that he continued and he persevered and he pushed through and he moved on through. And Father, he endured the cross that we may be free. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he has done. We thank you that he was willing to come and to be that perfect sacrifice, not just for us here today, but Father, for your church across this world that worships you today that comes together to worship you today. Father, we thank you for the church and we thank you for what you're doing in the church. And Father, we ask that you'll just demonstrate your presence in the church in a fresh way. Father, in this area, in the church in this area, this geographical area where we are, Lord, we ask for a fresh move of your spirit in the church because Father, we need it. Father, your church can become so dry at times. Father, we can become like a lifeless dead stick and a little bit of pressure and we snap because there's no life in us but Father we pray that you'd restore something from the dead stick Father that you like Aaron's rod that budded Father that you would bring life bring life, bring freshness bring a newness into your church Father we need it, we need a refreshing touch of your Holy Spirit and Father we pray that you come by your spirit and refresh us, Father. Our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spirits. Father, we need that refreshing that comes from only you. Father, nothing else can achieve that. Nothing else can accomplish that. That refreshing can only come from you because you are our life. Father, you are our life. And our life is hidden with Christ and God. Father, we thank you that we are seated in heavenly places. Father, forgive us for the times when we become so preoccupied with earth that we've forgotten about your presence in heaven. Father, we pray that prayer. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, you are in heaven, Father, and we are seated in Christ, in heavenly places. We are with you. Today, in spirit, Father, we are with you. And Father, we just pray that as this service continues and and Father, we keep singing that song in our hearts, that song of praise, that anthem of praise, that song and anthem of glory to the King of Kings. Father, as we continue in this service, Lord, we pray that you'd intensify the song in our hearts. Father, that our hearts would burst if we don't get the chance to sing out again. Father, that you just intensify the sense of your presence in this place today. Lord, help us to cast aside our worries and our cares and our fears our frailties, our illnesses. And Father, we know that there are many in the church who need a touch in their body. And Father, we pray that you come by your spirit and that you just release healing into your body. Release healing into your body. For your glory and in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our presence, in our midst today. The very heart of our gathering today, you're doing something today. And Father, as we open up your word in just a moment, Father, we pray, help us to hear what the Spirit wants to say to us today. Father, may our hearts be fully open to you. Let nothing, nothing be hidden, Father. Lord, everything is open to you anyway. 
And Father, we just take a moment to confess our sin, to confess our guilt, to confess our weakness, to confess the times we've not followed you this week. And Father, we turn ourselves around. We ask for your forgiveness and we ask that you'd come in and that you'd fill us afresh and renew us afresh. Father, restore those areas that have become dry. May your spirit water those areas. In Jesus' name we ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen. so good to be in the presence of God today and to worship the King of Kings. It's such an honor, it's such a privilege. There are people in our world who don't know Jesus. We need to tell those people about Jesus. And it's so great to see everyone. It's great to see people who are here for the first time in a long time. Fantastic, great that you're with us. It's Marlon, just so that you can uh, see over in the back there. So glad that you're with us. So good to be in God's house. I'm going to uh, just do a few announcements, and then we're going to open up our Bibles. And I'm not going to ask you to turn to a passage. Right, well, I will actually. Turn to Matthew 26. We'll read from verse 36. So if you want to do that in your Bibles. So it's either the rustling of pages or absolute silence if you're on an electronic device. Um, just to remind you that 9.30 on Monday morning, people will be gathering to pray on Zoom again on Wednesday night at 7.30. Next Sunday, we will have communion together as a church. And uh, also on the Sunday evening, we'll be praying for prodigals. Just a short time to come together on Zoom and we'll be praying for prodigals. Now, I said I wasn't sure exactly what direction I was going to go in today. I decided to push out Vision Sunday to the 24th of this month, really because I had plans for Easter, and I want to stick to those plans, okay? And today is the first of a series of Easter messages. I want to consider three different places where we find Jesus in the Easter story. We find him in Gethsemane, we find him in Golgotha, and we find him in a garden. And I want to consider the first of those three places today, Gethsemane. Let's read Matthew Chapter 26, verse 36 to 46. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John. And he began to be grieved and, to, uh, and agitated. Then he said to them, I'm deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to, he said to Peter, Peter was the one who said, remember, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And listen to this bit. And all the other disciples said the same. We seem to always remember Peter as being the one who denied Jesus. They all said the same thing. And they all fled when Jesus was taken. And when Jesus says, take this cup from me, he's not talking about a physical cup, a cup of juice or a cup of tea. 
He's talking figuratively about what God was giving him to drink, this experience of heading towards the crucifixion. Let's read on. He's challenged them. Could you not even just stay awake? So could you not stay awake with me one hour? One hour is what he says. Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. And then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Both Matthew and Luke refer to this place by name, Gethsemane. The Hebrew word is Gethsemane. It literally means oil press. The oil press, the place where in that olive grove, the olives would be taken and they'd be pressed to get the oil out of the olive. A place near the olive grove, located between the olive grove and the Kidron Brook. This is the Kidron Valley, which flows between uh, where Jesus was in the Mount of Olives and Jerusalem. He's come out from the city and he finds himself in this place with his disciples. A place where the olive would normally be pressed. Olive oil has many uses. One of them is for healing. You might remember the story of the Good Samaritan. One of the things that he took and poured on the injured man's wounds was oil, the oil of healing. Father, we need the oil of healing to flow in this church. Father, we have been pressed in so many ways over a number of years now. And Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit oil would come and bring healing into lives, into bodies, into minds, into spirits in this fellowship. And Father, we pray that you do something in this church that would flow out of the church and down through the streets of our community, this community and others that are represented by this church. Before there can be oil, there needs to be a pressing. Before there can be new wine, the grapes need to be crushed. Gethsemane was literally a place for Jesus of pressing and crushing, a place where he felt the pressure, the heat was on in Gethsemane. I want to share a little memory of a little boy who was just young, and his mum sang in a choir called the Kidron Choir. You have guessed it, it was me. And I remember going to hear the Kidron Choir at the city halls in Glasgow. And I can still see the picture. If you come in the city halls, the stage is up the front and there's seats and then there's a balcony goes round the side. And up in this side, right at the front, is where I would sit and listen to my mum singing in the choir. And I, I was one of these wee guys who was always kind of leaning on the edge, watching everything that was happening, taking everything in. That's, that was me. And I remember them singing a song, Lest lest I forget, lest I forget Gethsemane. 
lest I forget thine agony. Lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. And I remember listening to those words and trying to picture what it meant for Jesus to go to this place called Gethsemane. To go to a place called Golgotha where he would ultimately die to find himself in a garden where he would ultimately be raised to life. And there are three things that I saw as I was preparing this message for today. Duty, desertion, and distress. The first one is duty. And the disciples, well, they had a, a kind of duty in the circumstances that we read about today. They had, I, I think about them, and I think it's, it's kind of like a child, the duty of a child who's led like the wee boy who goes to the, the Cajun Choir concert with his mum and dad, and he has to sit there, and he has a duty, and it's all kind of like something that he's involved in, but he doesn't really know what's happening. He's just tagging along with his parents. And I think that's what it was like for the disciples. They're just tagging along with Jesus. He says, we need to go. Uh, the hour has come. The time has come. And here they are with this duty, this childlike sense of duty. And we can be critical of the disciples, but they didn't know then what they would know later on. They didn't know. Even, even our knowledge, our knowledge can be a head knowledge at times. The things that we think we know, do we really know them? Do we really grasp them? Are they part of who we are? Do they inform the way that we live our lives? Yes, Jesus died for us. I know that to be a fact. But does it impact on your life? And if it does, how does it impact on your life? We can have a head knowledge rather than that deep knowing, that deep understanding in our hearts. And there's a deep understanding that only comes through experience. Having been through the crushing, having been through the pressing times, there's a knowledge that comes through experience that you can't get any other way. We all want to sail through life and everything be hunky-dory and nothing bad ever happened to us. Or wouldn't that be great? But it's in those crushing, uh, crushing and pressing times that character is developed within us. The disciples, less Judas, who had already left Jesus, the betrayer, were instructed to stay close by while Jesus went on ahead. I wonder, I wonder what they were thinking. What's happening? Where's he going? I wonder what they were talking about. What, were this, what was their conversation? If you were in that place, what would your conversation be? I wonder if there was this hushed silence fell upon them. What's happening? What's happening next? How's this going to turn out? And then Peter, James, and John, Jesus says, come on, a little bit further. So he left eight and took another three on with him. I wonder, I wonder if Peter, James, and John were kind of like looking over their shoulder and saying, we're the chosen ones. We're going on with Jesus. I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll never, I'll never betray you. I'll, ne I'll, I'll be the one who'll be there for you. I'll die beside you. We're the special ones. I, I think the church is full of people who think that they're the special ones. <laughs> the reality is that Jesus died for all of us, every one of us. 
We've all fallen short of God's perfect. All have sinned. All, everybody, everybody has sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard. I wonder what Peter and James and John talked about as they went on a little bit further. And Jesus said, you stay here. I can just imagine them. He says, pray. Pray that the hour of temptation, the trial won't come upon you. When we pray, keep us from temptation. What we're talking about is the trials, the, the trials that will come in life. And here they are trying to pray, shutting their eyes to pray, big mistake. And I can just hear the crickets chirping away. I can't do sound effects of crickets or I would try. In the cool of the air, the darkness of the sky, their spirits willing, but the physical distress of what lay ahead and the uncertainty causing them to be wearied and tired. And I can just see them trying so hard to pray, but drifting off into sleep. Have you ever had that when you're trying to pray and you shut your eyes and you start to pray and 10 minutes later you go, <laughs> oops. And you doze off when you're trying to pray. That happens to me. It's just, it's like I'll just sit back and meditate for two seconds <laughs> and you're away. And here are the disciples, and we can be critical of the disciples, but I don't think we would have been any different in their shoes. But the real sense of duty, that's what we see in Jesus. He knew what was coming. And he also knew what was at stake. He knew what was it. Our salvation was what was at stake. In this moment, in this hour of crushing, in this hour of pressing, our salvation was at stake. The salvation of the whole world. The salvation of humanity. All the people who've ever existed, all the people who exist now, even the people who existed before the, before the cross, people who've existed since the cross till now, everybody who's alive just now, and everybody who will live until the day that Jesus comes back. But Jesus also knew, he knew about the joy that was set before him, as we read about in Hebrews 12 and 2. That's why he endured the cross. And Mark records his prayer for us. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible Remove this cup, this difficult trial from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Here he is in his darkest moment, and he prays an incredible prayer. I'm in distress, but I'm prepared to submit myself to the distress if it's your will, and if there's no other way. We see duty, the duty, the childlike duty of the disciples and the dogged, determined duty of Jesus, who didn't fall asleep. He couldn't fall asleep. And then we see desertion. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, we read this. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Peter the vocal one, so could you not stay awake with me one hour? One hour. Can't you just stay awake for one hour? I'm in my most difficult time in life, and I'm asking that you pray with me, and can't you just stay awake one hour to pray with me? 
one hour. It seems like such a short time, and yet they were unable to stay focused. And in Mark's account, we read, they didn't know what to say to him. What, What do you say to the person that you look up to when he's in distress, when he's sweating drops of blood, as we'll think about in a a minute. He's so distressed. And we can't just stay with him for one hour. Have you ever been there? Where you're looking for words to reply to Jesus when he asks you a question? Can you not just stay awake one hour and you're like, eh? Well, I was busy with the the washing and the dishes and I had to go to school and I had to go to work and what is the family and, 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 and. Jesus is looking for our attention. 100%, 100% focus. Then thirdly, in this passage, I see distress. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. His disciples weren't able to minister to him. They weren't capable. They weren't focused enough. They abandoned Jesus in his time of need. But yet, God sends an angel to come and strengthen Jesus. I wonder if he would have been able to manage physically if that angel hadn't come to strengthen him. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah 53, that he was a man of sorrows, a man of sorrows. He was familiar with grief. He was familiar with suffering. And in this moment, he was both sorrowful and troubled. Psalm 89 verse 9 says this, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. The psalmist wrote that. And then a thousand or so years later, what did Jesus do? He stepped into the boat and he said to the storm, peace, be still. Jesus can calm our storm. Jesus does calm our storms. And yet here he was with nobody to calm his storm. He was in the storm alone. An angel, yeah, came to strengthen him, but this was his burden to carry. And he was so distressed that he began to sweat blood, a rare condition called uh, hematidrosis. And sometimes it seems to be caused by extreme distress or fear, such as facing death, torture, or severe ongoing abuse. What a terrible, terrible place for Jesus to be so distressed that it began to affect him physically. We can't even begin to imagine on a comfortable Sunday morning, sun shining outside, all's well with the world. Well, it's not really, is it? But you know what I'm saying. We, relative, we live in relative peace in this country. And here is Jesus in his moment of distress. What does all this mean for us As Christians, we all experience times of pressing. All, without exception, each and every one of us. When I was that that wee guy leaning on the balcony, watching over, I was like, yeah. 
life's great. No problems. Everything done for me. I had a blessed childhood. And then you grow up and you realize that life carries with it some stuff, some problems, some trials, some temptations. And these are the times when we will need to hold on to our faith in God with such a tight grip that it's almost as if our lives depend on it. And they may depend on it. There are moments when we have to dig deep and we have to pray, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. There are moments where we need to dig in. There are moments where we need to access the faith that God has planted in our hearts because we will all experience times of pressing. Isaiah said this in chapter 50, verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light, yet trusts, yet trusts in the name of the Lord and relies upon his God. Even when we walk in the darkness, where there's very little light to light our way, perhaps the valley of the shadow of death, will we continue to put God first? There are times where all we can do is trust. And even in Jesus' situation in Gethsemane, all he could do was trust. He knew that to his father all things were possible, and yet this was the way that had been chosen, the only way. Sorry, let me just go back a little second. Problems come in life. And I want to share something that my dad shared at my induction service back in February 2005. Hopefully I'm able to read this out. His three points were faith, feet, and fatherhood. Faith, your own faith in God. Feet, your standing as a Christian. And fatherhood, your ability to lead in the church. And that was the three things that he talked about. And I remember sitting on the seat just here. I had black hair then. <laughs> and this is what he said. You'll be tried for your faith. You'll be tried for your feet. And you'll be tried for your fatherhood and your respect. Because there's a notable thing happening tonight. God above you and a heavenly host looking upon you. But there's another that looks upon you, the very devil himself. You try to do the right thing. And I'm to tell you this in full authority, as many older Christians will tell you, the devil will be right on your heels. Satan will try you. People will try you. You'll be tried in your own mind. You'll be tried by your family. You'll be tried by your circumstances. But remember, remember this, son. You're God's servant first. You're God's servant first to do his will and to take your directions and your motivations from God himself. You're the people's servant second. And I remember sitting on the front row and nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I know what you're talking about. And then I stand here years later and I go, less enthusiastic. I know what he's talking about. I know what he's talking about. Because I've had to walk through the stuff that he talked about. 
I've had to walk through the valleys. The valleys are the shadow of death. Walk through the trials and the tests and the temptations. You too have had to walk through trials and tests and temptations, but we know this to be true. I will never leave you nor forsake you. As Christians, we will all experience times of pressing. And there will come times in our lives when we will need our friends. Times in life's life when we will need our friends. There have been times when I've had to lean on my family and lean on my friends and find comfort from those around me. You will be the same. Times where you've had to lean on your family. Times when you've had to lean on your friends and seek the comfort that they can bring. I wonder, when we go looking for our friends, will we find them sleeping? Will we find them too busy doing their own thing? I don't know about you, I need friends who will be there right at my side, walking through the difficult times with me. You need friends who will walk with you through the difficult times. We need each other. We need fellowship. And lastly, what does this mean for us? And probably more importantly, there will come times in our lives when we need our Father, Abba, a term of endearment a term of affection, Father God, Dad. Times where we need God because even our friends can't help us. There are some things our friends just can't help us with. Let's face facts because they don't understand, they don't know the difficulty, they don't understand the challenges and the path that we're having to walk. There are times in life when it's just us and God, just you and God, nobody else. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in a book, Life Together, said this, alone you stood before God when God called you. Alone you had to obey God's voice. Alone you had to take up your cross, struggle and pray, and alone you will die and give an account to God. You cannot avoid yourself, for it is precisely God who has singled you out. But we know that he walks with us through every challenge. We have one who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18, 24 talks about Jesus, who sticks closer than a brother. I'm just going to invite the musicians to come back up. We're going to do another song if they want to just come up. And I want to challenge us to think about these things. As Christians, we will all experience times of pressing. There will come times in our lives when we need our friends. And importantly, there will come times in our lives when we need our Father. Times where we will feel alone in this world. 
times where we will feel like there's nobody else who understands what we're going through. And you know what? Maybe nobody does understand what you're going through. There are paths that I have had to walk that I know many of you haven't had to walk. And there are paths that you have had to walk that I have not had to walk. But I want to encourage us today to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who went to Gethsemane, who endured that physical distress and torture as he prayed to his father, if there's any other way, if I know that everything's possible for you, if there's any other way, then let me go in that way. But nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he was able to reach out to his father and to receive comfort from an angel who came and ministered to him. But he had to walk that road himself. And he went through things that we will never even begin to understand. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Father, we thank you that Jesus endured, that he didn't give up, that he did this for us, that we might be saved that we might be free, that we might have eternal life here and now and on into your presence in eternity. Father, we thank you that we have an eternal hope, that we have an eternal assurance, that we have an eternal salvation, that we know that death is not the end, that Father Jesus rose on the third day and because he lives, we know that we too shall live. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he has done. We thank you that he endured, that he pressed on, and that, Father, even in those moments where he felt, must have felt so alone and so isolated, he endured. Because, Father, he saw, he saw down the road, he saw us today, he saw you today. And we're going to sing a song in just a little minute which reminds us about this. It was finished upon that cross is the name of the song. Maybe some people in here today are walking through a difficult time. You feel like you're walking through life on your own at the moment. But Jesus can walk with you. Jesus is walking with you. Maybe some people in here today and you've never invited Jesus into your life. You don't have the Holy Spirit living within you. You're walking this life alone. You're relying on your friends and sometimes your friends let you down. Sometimes people in your family let you down. Sometimes the people who are supposed to be leading you, those in authority, they let you down. We look at the world and all that's happening and we think, what is all this about? Where is the meaning? Where is the purpose? What is God doing in this? If, if God even exists, what what is this all about? If you are in that position today and you've never invited Jesus into your life, then today is the day to invite Jesus into your life. I'm going to say a prayer just before we sing this song, and then I'm going to say another prayer after we sing the song. This prayer before we sing the song is for those who've never invited Jesus into their life. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Just respond to what God is saying. Some of you have heard this so many times and you've never taken that step to pray this prayer today is the day where you pray the prayer 
and you enter into eternal life. You enter into all that God has for you. Pray this prayer after me if that's you. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he was a man's man. That he was bold. That he was courageous. That he was strong. That he didn't deviate from his principles and endured. He endured the garden. He endured the cross that I might be forgiven. And dear God, I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you come into my life through your spirit. I ask that you make me clean. That you wash away my guilt. That you wash away my fears. That you wash away everything that is not pleasing to you. And help me to live your way. And if you've prayed that prayer today, come and let somebody know. It's in our hearts that we believe, with our mouth that we confess, and we're saved. We need to believe in our hearts. We also need to confess with our mouths. Tell somebody that you've prayed that prayer today. If you're online, get in touch with us. You can go onto the website and send us an email through the website. Let's stand as we sing a new song in the life of the church. It's called, It Was Finished Upon That, that Cross. Let's continue to focus on Jesus. Opponent, fear once had a home. 
just as we finish our time off today, if, if you're in need, then what I'm going to do is just ask that you just hold out your hands if you've got a physical need, an emotional need, a spiritual need, a financial need. Even if you're online, you're joining us online and you're sitting wherever you are uh, today joining us online, then just hold out your hands to receive from God. And, uh, and as I pray a prayer, believe that you are receiving from God. And if we believe that we will receive. Father, we, we come to you today, Father, from different walks of life, from different backgrounds. Father, you know what's brought us to this place today. And Father, we come into your presence today. We've been in your presence. We will, we are and will remain in your presence. And Father, we ask that you would come and that you would meet us at our point of need. Father, for those who are needing a physical touch from you, Father, we pray that you'd release healing into bodies today. Father, release healing into bodies. Father, it was finished upon that cross. Father, Isaiah also said in that prophecy, 700 years before Jesus walked the earth, by his stripes we are healed. And Father, we, we just ask that you would come by your spirit and that you would minister healing into bodies. Father, for those who have emotional needs, mental health needs, Father, we pray that we would receive from you today what we need. Father, for some of us, that may be affecting us physically as well. And Lord, we ask that you would come and that you bring healing into bodies, healing into minds. Father, for those of us who are struggling with temptations today, Father, we ask that you would come and that you would strengthen us in our hour of need. Father, that we would pray, keep us from the trials, keep us from temptation. But Father, more than that, we pray that you would come and that you would strengthen us. Father, your word says that you don't tempt us, you don't test us. But Father, sometimes in our times of testing, you're the one who provides a way of escape. And so Father, we ask that you would show us that way out. Father, help us to have the courage to take it. Father, help us to have the courage to deny ourselves and to take up our cross every day. Father, for those who are struggling spiritually, Father, we ask that you would come and that you just bring that refreshing. Father, we pray that this would be a different week. Lord, that this would be a week where there is a turnaround in people's situation. Father, that there would be something different happen, even today, even now in this moment. Father, that you would just open up heaven and Father, that oil of healing to flow, that oil of your grace, that oil of your love, that oil of your mercy. Father, let it come and saturate us today. And Father, we pray that we would be saturated in a way that we can't help but share Jesus with other people. And so, Father, we pray, strengthen us as we go into this week. May we know your presence in every situation. Father, you know what everybody's going through. You know the trials. You know the tests. You know there's people who are struggling with health issues. And Father, we pray that you just bring that release. In Jesus' precious name, thank you, Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and have a fantastic week. And uh, remember, we're always here to help. If you're needing something, just give us a shout. Lord bless you and enjoy the rest of your day.